This week on the I Love Funny Women podcast. And I was like, why am I hanging out with people who brag about their bushes? Because I'm like, when you have sex, are you counting all the pumps towards climaxing? You know, like, you have to find a way to balance it up and then, you know, like, take a lot of naps. Welcome to another episode of the I Love Funny Women podcast. It is, we're in season two, and I believe that this is episode six. What? What? I'm Dina Nina. I'm Lalita G. Hi, Lalita. Hi, Dina. I'm is very... it really episode six? Yeah. Wow. I we know. Just, we just pumped these out like, <laughs> like <laughs> Texans have babies. <laughs> I was gonna say teenagers and semen. <laughs> uh, Ew, I have one of those. I, I don't know. Think about that. <laughs> have you had the sock incident yet? Ah. Yes, I see it on your face and your reaction that you had the stiff sock. Oh my god, I don't want to think about it. I mean, I yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I want my child to be happy and healthy. I just don't need to see the evidence of it. <laughs> that was the moment my mom was like, we're going to teach you how to do your own laundry. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. I'm so glad I'm not a boy. Well, we don't believe in the binary. I love funny women. Part- <laughs> I love funny Female Identified People podcast. We we love women, and we love men, and we love all those in between. Yes, and and beyond. Above and beyond, yes. I'm all about whoever you are, however you identify, I am there for you, and I love, love you. you. I don't always love everyone, but I love No, them. really not. <laughs> I feel your inclusivity gone mad. <laughs> I don't know, but our inclusivity is a little extra right now. Can we <laughs> can we pull it back a little and not include everyone? Please, please. <laughs> uh, and somebody who would agree with you, Dina, is Helena Bonham Carter. Stop it. Tell me more. Helena Bonham Carter has come out uh, defending her very good friend, Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Uh, because all these women accusing him of all sorts of stuff, they're just jumping on the Me Too bandwagon, because uh, that's what women do. We just mm-hmm. make up assault wherever we go. Uh, that's what we do. And also, um, and perhaps a little bit more perniciously, she's defending J.K. Rowling, saying she's entitled to her opinions. I knew you were going to say that. I knew that. We that could have Helen on the podcast and ask Let's her what she feels about our inclusive stance. And uh, yeah, <laughs> but we could gaslight her the whole time, and oh. that would be in line with 
Oh my God, I can't believe you just said that because it turns out gaslighting has been called the word of the year by the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. And you know what, Tina? You know what? what? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I think they're just saying that because they want us to believe that gaslighting is the word of the year, but it is not actually. It's not. <laughs> the actual word of the year is Dina Nina. <gasps> Oh, I love that. I, I, I want that for you. <laughs> I feel the Merriam-Webster are, are, are mansplaining to us. I do too. Uh, but, but what if uh, Merriam-Webster <laughs> was a lady? Let's, let's, pretend like that, let's pretend that that information cannot be found on the internet or anywhere else in life. And Merriam-Webster, famous female a uh, lover of language started her own dictionary uh and she's femsplaining to us then yes she is she is femsplaining she's uh she's a lex lexicologist oh we've got some big words this morning and she is femsplaining letting us know that <laughs> cishet normative people think that gaslighting is the word of the year it's but not the word all... of the year they are yeah, wrong. Is not the word of the year. Uh, and also person of the year is not Helena Bonham Carter. I, I do not appreciate her. That is so sad. I mean, I agree with, you know, J.K. Rowling has the right to her opinions and and has the right to say what she wants to say. But also that does not mean that she is not held responsible for her language. The free speech people are so fucking hypocritical. I mean, that we can talk about twi Twitter. Twitter. But let's not talk about Twitter. But when asked, um, Helena Bonacarta, when she was asked about um, the three main actors of the Harry Potter movie speaking out against J.K. Rowling, she's like, oh, you know, they're just having to be woke to satisfy their audiences. So they apparently don't have the right to their speech. Like, that's just their opinion. But no, it, it gets reframed, repackaged as being somehow fake. I mean, because we all know that their opinions are coerced and, and um, dictated by the leftists of the planet. There you go. The, the satanic world. cabal. <laughs> Where is it? I've been going around because I live in one of the most leftist areas, you know, not in the world, but in the United States, for sure. San Francisco Bay Area. And I've been looking for the cabal, uh, Dina, and I'm not seeing it. And I'm, I feel I'm being gaslit. Marion Webster, are you listening? I feel I'm being gaslit by the cabal. Cabalists. We are. Cabalists. <laughs> so where they are is in a very large underground city underneath the Denver airport. That's where they hold their secret rituals oh, and sacrifice this. aborted children to the Luciferian cult. Oh my God. People actually believe this? You're making this up. No, this this is actual rhetoric. Okay, oh maybe God. the Denver airport thing isn't, but ah. have, you, have you looked at, have you have you gone down the rabbit hole of the Denver airport? No. It is a trip. It is a trip. There are a lot of conspiracies about it. I and I love a conspiracy. I am not going to lie. I grew yeah. up in the Christian evangelical church. We like were told that Satan is coming after us. The Antichrist is going to steal our rights and, re and religious freedoms. And and so 
I have a propensity to, to err on the side of. And we all know my opinions on aliens. I believe that they've been in contact with the, the U.S. government and have been visiting our planet, stealing our people, and doing all these things. So don't get me wrong. Some of them are great people up in the universal skies. Oh my God, Dina. I was a non-resident alien for many years. This is the lovely federal government determination for... So um, as a as a former alien, um, where do you... <laughs> where do you hide your antenna? <laughs> Why do you think my hair is so curly, Dina? You think this is hair? You think this is... <laughs> this is these are my antenna. Antennae. <laughs> anyway, I'm no longer an alien. I'm a citizen now because those are the only two options in the United States. <laughs> You're like, I'm no longer an alien. I'm a, I'm a human. I know, right? Uh, what I don't... Going on? Have you been watching the World Cup? Soccer? Football? Yes. Yes, I've been watching it religiously. No, I have not. Tina, you're so disappointing. You're such a girl. I am such a girl. <laughs> I'd say some of my more, um, uh, how shall I put this? You know, more dikey, dikey lesbian friends are refusing to watch the men's soccer because they're only about the women's soccer. And of course, that oh. is where our hearts and other parts of our body <laughs> get most satisfaction. Uh, but I do love the men's World Cup. And there's just all these upsets. I love that. It's like, Saudi Arabia beats Argentina like the underdog versus like the biggest fucking dog in the world. It's amazing. just amazing. Now, of course, people are like, oh, is Saudi Arabia human rights? Yes, yes. 19th of December, please. I'll be that person again. I promise. But for the next three weeks or whatever we've got left, I'm all about it. And I it have. Goes, it goes for like a month and a half? What a is month. It's we're still in like the first 10 days or so. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, it goes on. Yeah. I and audience, if only you could see Dina's a very excited face. <laughs> Dina's I'm all like... about the World Cup. Um, and I will not stop talking about it. Um, I do I have to say, I do love that even though we have to suspend critical judgment during the World Cup because FIFA itself, which is the big organization that runs it, is a corrupt, I mean, it's corrupt AF. Um, people are talking about human rights. People are talking, I mean, the England national soccer team, which once upon a time was the most racist, the most homophobic place in the world, is now upset that they can't wear their rainbow flag armband. And okay, that potential protest was a little lukewarm. Nevertheless, people are talking. And I do yeah. think that this whole this whole um, disaster really has brought some issues to the forefront. I'm, I'm, I'm not against it. I'm not against it. Uh, join us for our new podcast, Corruption AF. Corrupt AF on Artemis Bow Network. <laughs> I don't have a lot this week because I have just, it's been a very dense week. And um, so I don't have a lot. But well, Alita, you have some stuff. I have no idea what's happening in the world other than people keep shooting each other. What's happening in China is super interesting, Dina, because there's a lot of anti-COVID protests that are turning into anti-government protests. Hmm. China, not famously well-known, much like Twitter, uh, not really well-known for its 
focus on free speech uh, is what I'm saying. <laughs> what do you uh, mean? Don't tell anybody. No, it's it's. I heard some um, analysis of it that that people are really demanding the d- demise of the communist communist party in China, and this is of course very dangerous. Um, absolute power to these people. And the last time this happened was at the time of Tiananmen Square, and we know what happened then. So. Um, it's it's really quite incredible to see that. I'm I worry. I think that the, the the pushback is going to be extremely violent, and so I'm very nervous about it to see that happening. Um, but it's it's sparked by the COVID restrictions, which are still extreme because China is still pursuing a zero COVID policy. Um, a friend of mine, good friend of mine, was pursuing that same policy. Like I haven't seen the bottom half of his face for three years now. Like. He would never be without double mask. He was so nervous about getting COVID. He was like, I'm not doing it. I don't want to get long COVID. Anyway, he's got COVID. Wow. And so um, get well, my love. But China needs to stop. Like, it's not possible. That's not how viruses work. So stop it. It's not? gaslighting you about the virus <laughs> stop it with your zero covid but anyway that's what's sparking the protest but of course it's flowing over into a biggest what the fuck kind of movement like yeah. just like twitter under elon musk yeah <laughs> what so a, many parallels what a great parallel i feel like that's so accurate <laughs> isn't it though and that combined with the um, like very courageous protests that are going on in Iran still that we need to keep talking about because people mustn't forget. Uh, and for instance, the Iranian soccer team, look how I brought that back in. I know. You're so good. <laughs> You're like, she hasn't talked about the World Cup for a minute. What's going on? Here we are. Um, it was it was 35 seconds. <laughs> 35.3 to be precise. I mean. <laughs> Everybody hates me. <laughs> I'm sure there are a lot of sport-loving women that listen to our podcast and some sport-loving men and um, a lot of sport-loving non-binary people out there. Please follow me on Instagram because I post stuff about the World Cup. I'm so about it. Anyway, the Iranian soccer team refused to sing their national anthem. They just stayed quiet. That's an incredible protest. Um big fears about what's going to happen to them when they get back to Iran. But I just love that people that do not have the freedom to speak, <laughs> we're back to freedom of speech, um, will find a way of of actually speaking their truth, even when all the forces are against them. Um, I am very happy. This is very, 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 very unlike me that the holidays are coming around. This is not usually my thing. But for some reason, I'm feeling a little holly jolly. Holly jolly about the winter holidays? Yes. The solstice coming up. Oh, yeah. Uh, Christmas. I love Christmas. I love the whole baby Jesus. It's so I love that story. The baby bringing in. Of course, there's going to be, thanks, Supreme Court. It's going to be many, many more babies in the United States. I don't love that. Um was Jesus wanted, Dina? That's what I want to know. Was Mary actually all about motherhood? I think she was like, I'm like 14. 
She was really young, right? Yeah. And I and don't the angel Joseph, Gabriel having asked for a ton of consent there. And Joseph is like, tell him it was God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And did they have, I don't think, was Roe v. Wade already overturned at the time of Jesus' birth in Bethlehem, Tina? I feel like in this universe, it was always overturned. <laughs> So people, how did, how did we shift into this timeline? Is what I want to know. <laughs> hey, you're the one who brought in aliens, so don't. <laughs> I just I will say... talk about that all the time. I will talk about a pixelated universe. I will talk about the the simulation. I will talk about the World Cup. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I just feel um women out there, uh, uh, people with wombs. Um, if you have, if you are forced to have a baby that you didn't want, but you do not have access to abortion, turn it into the next Messiah. And also, Lalita, way to completely um, shit on Dina's Holly Jolly parade. Okay, go back back to you, Dina. That's what are you excited all. about for the holidays? I mean, I'm just, I, I don't know. Like, I'm wanting to put up greenery and tinsel and things, and that yeah. is so unlike me i think it happens once every 10 years you know do it do it yeah i i got a little tree um my son wanted a tree i think what he really wants was presents under it that's not happening uh, but we have a tree <laughs> perfect i think that this is a great time for a break so we will be right back to the i love funny women podcast you're listening to the i love funny women podcast on the artemis bow network we would love to hear from you. You can give us an email at info at ilovefunnywomen.com or you can find us on the socials and tag at ilovefunnywomen and at Artemis Bow Network. And now, back to the show. Oh, Lolita. <laughs> you bring joy to my life. <laughs> joy. What's, what is that Christmas song? Mmm, enjoy. Mmm, enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Meh, meh, joy. <laughs> anyway, I'm, your, I'm your Christmas bunny or your Christmas reindeer or one of those. Christmas bunny. I like Christmas bunnies. <laughs> little floppy ears. My antenna. There they are. <laughs> My solstice sheep. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, hang on. You ready for your solstice sheep? Yes. Oh my god. Sean the sheep. Sean the Sheep. Have you never seen Sean the Sheep? No, but I love him. My God, look it up. Dina, Sean Her. the Sheep is the funniest cartoon. Um, This will bring you so much joy. It's bringing me joy now. Like, just seeing it, it's bringing me joy everywhere, especially down there. Yeah. So this week, we have one of our uh, longtime friends. I met her when we did the first Lady Laughs Comedy Festival here in Madison. She is so funny. If you love Devine, do check out the episode Smith and I did with her on the We Heart Mom Jokes podcast. She is a very funny mom. And she also is a great cook. So I think at this time of year, you really, really want to follow Devine and find out all the fancy recipes she'll be posting. And I've heard a lot about how she stuffs her turkey. <laughs> Which will make a lot more sense because it clearly is a euphemism. <laughs> Please welcome to the show the amazing Devine Kerr. Hello. How are you, Devine? Hello. I'm good. How about you? 
good. It has been so long. I don't think I've really chatted to you for over a year and a half. It's pre-pandemic. Pre-pandemic. Oh, I haven't seen you in person since pre-pandemic for sure. Yeah, it's been too long. It has been too long. So you are based in the D.C. area. Yep, I'm um, Virginia. Virginia. Suburbs. Yeah, D.C. suburbs. How long have you been doing stand-up? Um, in February, it's going to be eight years. Eight years. Mazel tov. It's been something. <laughs> How did you get into stand-up? Well, um, it was a bet. I hated the mommy group I was in. You know, I'm part of the uh, Loudoun County stay-at-home moms at first. And I was like, why am I hanging out with people who brag about their bushes and trees and all? And so I had a friend who said, well, uh, so she 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 did a bet. She was like, what would you want to do? And I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start improv. And then I joined an improv troupe. And then that led to stand-up. Awesome. What do you like more, improv or stand-up? Stand-up is the black dick of comedy. You don't go back once you like, <laughs> you know. I, I, I like, I hope this is not a clean show. But um, <laughs> I really love improv you know being in a moment um, and being in characters and everything but the, the, there's nothing better than stand-up i just yeah you've been killing yeah. it i love i love watching you i love your voice how you tell your jokes and how you um move through the scene i love that how what is your inspiration how did you find your voice um I don't know if I found it yet, but I'm working towards it. But I feel like finally now I'm, um, you know, in the beginning, you want to show people that you know how to write a joke that's well-constructed, well-structured, punch, set up punchline and all. But I feel like now, this year, I start finally, um, I'm finally able to talk about things I really care about. So that's an extra excitement for me in, in my set. Um, and what inspires me is really just my life. But everything... I'm allowing myself to say more and more things that I feel like if I shouldn't talk about it, then that's exactly what I should talk about. You know? Oh, that's good. There, uh, that reminds me one of some, somebody I was listening to a couple of weeks ago was like, you know, when adversity comes our way, right. Our, um, the thing that we have to do is lean into it, lean into those places that are hard. Yeah. Um, as you're moving into speaking your voice, sorry, Echo had a <laughs> had to say some things. As you're moving into this new space of of freedom and really finding your voice and leaning into those things that you've never wanted to talk about, what is coming up for you, like emotionally and just a, a just a bigger sense of self, like like I. Mm -hmm. I feel my place is anchored more like, you know, I read something that really um, spoke to me. It said, I am is a complete sentence. And, oh, wow. and that, that was just like, I, I'm, I just am. I just want to be what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling. And at that moment, people connect to what I am. And then, you know, with, of course, with the whole mystery of writing and so that they can laugh like a horror movie. But, but I mean, um, a lot of people talk in metrics, right? I get that question a lot. Like, what's your next big stage, next big show, next big... And it's cool and all, but I feel like it's, it's going to sound corny, but I like to be in a moment of the art and let the art grow too, because I'm like, when you have sex, are you counting all the pumps towards climaxing? You know, like, I'm having fun making love. I'm not there counting like, this is show number 200. This is pump number four before I jizz. You know, like, like I, I feel like it's it ruins the art. Like, like that's just me. I'm corny like that, but... Uh, 
What an what an analogy. I love yeah, but, but it's that's true. true. It's and true. a lot of people are like, oh, I need to hit this stage, you know, and you see that they're not ready, you know, like they're one year in and, and then they like already want to shoot that big stage, which is nice for them. But but if you bomb there, what's the point of going everywhere to bomb across the world? It's like not different from writing a graffiti in a toilet stall there and say, I took a yeah. dump here, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> like I, I will do things when it's ready and it feels right. And it's been great. And I just follow the flow like I, 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 I'm embracing it. And so. I love that. I I find that so interesting because kind of I took a nine month break essentially from comedy last year. Right. Because I was so burnt out and so tired. Yeah. And when I came back, I came back with, I don't have to have my television show. You know, it would be nice. I don't have to have a television show. I don't have to make a million dollars doing comedy. Right. I just want to have fun and love the rest of the life that I have left to live. Yeah. 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 This is a, a rush. Like everyone's in a rush. Like I see a lot of people who are like, everyone's dropping their special now. All of a sudden, like the pandemic made everybody question themselves and everybody's dropping their 30 minute special. But there's so many special that is it really still special? I don't know. I'm like, I'm not I'm bitching on anybody, but I just meant yeah. like, I don't know why everybody's so in a hurry. And to me, I want the privilege of time. I want things mm. to mature in the right way. And, 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 and yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. I love, I love that that's your philosophy. It makes it so much funner to do stand up. Yeah. Cause I, I, I mean, I fell into that trap too, you know, like burning yourself, the hustle, but I'm a mom, I have a day job. I was exhausted and I'm over 40. Like I was starting to worry, like, what you know by the time i reached that level where you consistently headline an hour two shows a night the whole weekend i'm gonna die i'm like how am i gonna do this so i have to find a way to balance it out and then you know like take a lot of naps mm. and, <laughs> and 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 choose quality over quantity you know like and, yeah. and you know yeah naps are my jam like oh, I yeah. Love, oh, yeah yeah i'm with you on that nap thing <laughs> you see that no wrinkles it's from all the napping i mean it's i love from it the napping mm-hmm. yes yeah, and, 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 and good sex, me. good sex and napping. What is good sex like? I would like to know that. <laughs> um, good sex is every kind of sex to me. It's like it's like you can have a ten course meal or a mac and cheese at three in the morning. You know what I mean? Like it's good <laughs> sex. It's, it's what you want exactly at that moment, and you get it. So and it can still be very enjoyable, right? Yeah, yes, I love yes, that. Yes, <laughs> I I love that. This is kind of your philosophy. It's so fun. It's whatever you want, you know. I don't know. There's just so many, yeah. The pressure to perform or achieve is so capitalist. Yeah, and yeah. I love that you're like, yes, we are entrepreneurs. This is a business. It is important for us to right. um, create goals and aspirations, and you know, paths forward. But also, like, why can't we just enjoy where we are? Well, my if, goals are more in the writing itself. Like I want to mm-hmm. write and then that will lead me to the place. Cause if I do the goals and the metrics, then it takes away the joy of, you know, like, like yeah. my set will bring me to that stage. Do you feel like having another job gives you that freedom? Oh, well, I have many weird different jobs and you know? I think it helps to have a steady husband that like I'm the gambler and the dreamer and he's the one who, who does TurboTax, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I, I'm lucky in that sense. I mean, I have to say, like, you know, I am 
you know, yeah. my kids are old old enough that I I'm not the asshole abandoning them too because I see other moms who have like you know like I I have a lot of flexibility. It wasn't always like that, but I think I've reached a a good. And the pandemic, I mean, it it was horrible, but it also helped me take a breather. Like like during those yeah. that break, I didn't have FOMO for once. It's like no one's gonna blame me for taking a break. It's a forced break. I'm gonna take naps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go and I'm gonna write and then pass out and and just you know, <laughs> take all that time that I need to like just write and. So what keeps you going right now? It's I'm just excited because I'm oh, the topics is really like when I go on a stage and there's nothing more exciting than writing and then going on stage and have people connect with you and then they come afterward and they say, oh my God, I never heard anybody talk about this before. Yeah. Like, Run with it, girl. And I'm like, I'm running. <laughs> it's going to be great. I'm, I've been exploring a lot of um, the birthing industry in America. Mm. How how uh, the, the percentage of C-section, you know, a little bit like, but a mix of that and, and just observing social classes and also my different backgrounds since I'm Canadian, Cambodian, American and how it impacts me and how I see the world and vice versa. But it's all connected together. It's insane how much it costs. You know, I come from Canada. I'm used yeah. to universal health care and, and, and just I don't know how it couldn't like put you to bankruptcy just because you can't pull out. You know, <laughs> like I don't understand. <laughs> like, like this is insane. We're, the, right. there's Yeah. Um, so what brought you to the U.S. from Canada? Good dick. <laughs> As it often does. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here otherwise. I mean, but he, he brought me here and um, he still delivers. Otherwise, I go back to Canada. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah, he makes it worth it. But um, yeah. <laughs> That's sweet. But now that I'm here, also the freedom. I just love the freedom. I mean, they say it takes a village to raise children. I, it would be easier for me if I was in Canada. My family's up there. Yeah. But there's nothing better than to close your door and have nobody bother you. That's like... <laughs> How did your family react when you started doing comedy? As far as... Oh, my God. Yeah, you, okay, so a little bit of background. I don't know if you know, but in Cambodia, women are not even allowed to go to clubs. What? If, if you go to a, a bar or a club at night, it's either a sex worker or just men there's there's only men that's why a lot of people think that all Cambodians are gay clubs but they're, it's just because women are not allowed right yeah so just the idea that i go perform at a bar is going to be shocking for them um and that's why there's not a lot of cambodian stand-up and let alone female stand-up so um they were a little worried but they're more since i, I am my husband's property they're more worried about what he thinks and since he's okay with it then you know and he was okay with it from the beginning? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's not just, I mean, it's a dumb, it's not even he's okay or not. He's not, he's more than okay. He's supportive. I wouldn't be where I am without this amazing partner, you know, like. Oh, my God, that's so sweet. Like he, I'm just kidding. But seriously, with that, I couldn't do it. Yeah. Like, like I have kids. Like, like who's yeah. going to, like, he helps with the homework. And there's a lot of, you know, like, like the, the, the yeah, like, without all of that. What, what I hate, though, when people say, oh, he gave you permission to do it. And I'm like, no, that's not it either. But the, the same way I support him <laughs> for all his job and everything, it's vice versa. But he's but but I'm lucky I have him to help me out, you know? Yeah, I, I think that I love that hearing you talk about this, because I think a lot of us as women, when we get in relationships, we right. relinquish a lot of power. And it seems like you guys have a very balanced power structure within your home. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a. You're like I rule the house. No, we take turn being each other's little bitch. It's perfect. 
in the right context is always hot you know <laughs> sometimes he wears the leather hood sometimes you wear the leather hood yeah i mean uh, you can't just do it all it's exhausting yeah i honestly wouldn't want to have that power all the time you know like yeah like like if you have to make like decisions like unplugging someone you hate i mean he'll take the decision i'm not gonna make it <laughs> you you're know? like i'll still unplug it yeah yeah he'll make the decision but i'll pull the plug yeah, he, he makes important decisions like you know like all the magazines and the stuff on the counter he trashes them because that i can't i can't separate that stuff but you know yeah. i love it so how do your kids um feel about you being a stand-up comic oh they i think they're very proud they like it a lot um they when they hear families judging you know because sometimes we go to put in the neighborhood they say oh they're very conservative so that makes me feel pretty proud yeah. um i feel like it helps raising feminist sons because they see me go out they see me chase after my dream they see me they see how my husband supports me so that for that it gives me hope you know yeah. like they but um but in the beginning they didn't always get it because like when i used to leave and they were smaller and i would kiss them good night and my husband would say oh go have fun they would think like oh mommy's leaving and have more fun than with us so now instead he'll say like have 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 a great evening at work you know and, and treating me like i was a nurse doing the night shift and then they understood it was work and I'm not just abandoning them from a kid's point of view they don't understand yeah. that you know when I'm leaving for a bedtime story and daddy's reading the book I'm the asshole who left right at night <laughs> yeah but I'm like you know what's different from a doctor being at you know so when you make it when you tell them it's, it's a job and I'm then now now they're fine and they're older now so they get it you know good good they don't get embarrassed not yet they didn't really watch my, they don't come see my set yet you okay. know like they like, haven't they haven't googled you to see well no that's true that's a good one but no they don't okay <laughs> well, like, they know i'm raunchy and all you know and uh and even that too there's no like bad words in, in our house like I, i'll say stuff I, I don't censor that way because i feel like the context is more important than the, the actual word you yeah. know like like i'll say fuck in front of my kids but they they know that that's not as bad as telling a seven-year-old that santa doesn't exist you know <laughs> like that's way more that does more damage than saying fuck you know like they know that so so what is your favorite part about comedy oh well i i love the writing of course and the adrenaline when you're performing it's a challenge with sometime when you get to even like spin someone and you see them resistant and then yeah. the whole body language change while you watch them you you try not to fixate at that one person who have their arm crossed in the audience you know you you hear all the laughs but there's that one asshole in the but when yeah. you see them loosen up and finally say oh shit that was great. That's even more satisfactory. But um, but yeah, I just I just love give, delivering the unexpected and 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 changing people's mind. I mean, I'm not there to change anyone's mind, but when it does happen, it's like, wow, that was worth like 500 climaxes, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Like when somebody's like, I've never met a trans person, but I get it a little bit more now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. When, when not only it makes them laugh, but it also educates them a little bit yeah. or change them a little bit. No, no, it realigns their chakra a little, even though that's not our job to be. It feels good. Like, it's rewarding. Yeah. That is part of some of our jobs. Like, I love that. I like to think that, but there are a lot of people say, you know, it doesn't have to be that. And it's true. It doesn't have to. But if I can't choose, like, I want to make people laugh. So I don't see why I would be an asshole if, if the, you know. If, yeah. Know. What do you find most challenging about doing your job as a comedian? Um, dealing with stupid assumptions. Okay. So here's an example. There was a guy on the stage and I was setting up my tripod because I was next on cue, right? on deck on however you call it and uh, i'm setting my tripod on that table um there were audience members there and they they were watching me fidget with my camera and all and then i went to sit down 
And when I came back, they started laughing at me. They said, <laughs> you didn't hit the court. You didn't record his set. What's wrong? What are you trying to do? And I didn't say anything. And then they kept saying, ma'am, ma'am, this is a button. This is this is how you record it. I'm like, I know. But you didn't record it. And it never crossed their mind that I was setting my tripod for my set because I don't look like what they think a stand-up comedian is. They just assume I was like the camera lady or the headliner's girlfriend or whatever. So when I finally hit record and then I went on the stage, that's when they're like, oh shit, she's a performer. And I'm like, it's, it's so, so stuff like that. It's amusing when they like turn around, but it's still also frustrating, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. You were at the Lady Laughs Comedy Festival for everyone that we did. I think I think most of them. Yeah, I miss it. Yeah, me too. It's just so much work. <laughs> I, I bet, I bet. <laughs> yeah, you, I, I loved meeting you. And one of my favorite things about doing that festival and doing what I do here is performing with women. Right. For you, what is the difference? What what is um what is it like performing with only women versus like like there's one woman or one person of color or one trans person or Well, it was awesome to network. I mean, you don't you don't get to see that. You know, normally you're like I'm like the token woman and token Asian and token brown person or token mom or token whatever they want to label on me that day, yeah. you know, in a, in a in a sausage fest. And then and then so when you're yeah, it's really cool to meet other women and especially like not only our comedy, but also all our frustration in the green room. Yeah. You know, we don't have an HR department, you know. So so when we compare notes and, and, and also like which place is fun to perform at and also a list of creeps. <laughs> like right. It's nice to know. It's nice to know. I mean, there's yeah. some sisterhood in there that's really great. Also talking to like headliners, like, you know, like when I was chatting with Mary Kennedy, I learned a lot from her, like about merch. I'm out. You know, it, it's just great. I love seeing you thrive the way that you have, even since I've just known you. And you seem a lot more confident and a lot more comfortable in who you are. Yeah. But I think it comes from realizing how lucky I am, too, because the fact that I can do that, I mean, I don't want to jinx, but, you know, there's some country, if a woman went up in public, she would literally get killed. Yeah. And I don't think people realize that a lot. It's um, no matter what happened, like, I, I enjoy being on a stage. I deliver jokes. They like it. But even even if I, let's say, bombed, like, like to have the privilege and the luxury to be good or lousy, mm -hmm. but, but in this country where you can do it, you know, like, there's a lot about problems but i think i still think it's really cool that we can express ourselves and have that platform so i'm very grateful for that because i come from a, a culture where they always want a quiet woman <laughs> you know you yeah. shouldn't talk too much you shouldn't do this shouldn't be bold and now i'm like no i'm 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 being exactly who i want it to be you know amazing oh my so, god so, so that's why i'm so happy i mean even when it's hard and depressing i remember yeah. that and that keeps me you know because there's all that bullshit also in comedy you know i'm not i'm not that naive but yeah. but that, that that aspect helps me stay you know like yeah. I always say, always, if I can perform with only women for the rest of my life, I would love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I, I like I like every range. I like I like, you know, I like performing for like right yeah. extremely like conservative crowds. It's also a funny challenge. Uh, I don't know. To me, I, I like every every crowd, but yeah. It's Usually, if I go to a place that's a little more conservative, they come out with pitchforks and and uh, they're ready to kill me. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think it's because I can pass for Republicans since a lot of white dudes have submissive Asian wives. So they think I'm one of theirs first until they realize I'm, I catfished them with my set, you know? <laughs> that's awesome. You know, I, I, I could it. look like a mail order bride. So they like it. You know, they don't know what they're dealing with yet. So. 
Oh my god. <laughs> um. So even though you're living in the moment, is there right. anything that you really want to do? Um. Any big place that you want to perform that you don't have the pressure of it, but you're just like, oh, I would love to do this. What is something you would love to do? I want to polish a very, very solid hour mm. first, and then I'll decide where I'm going to bring it. But think about like one woman show. Like I have so much I want to talk about. Yeah. So right now I'm just trying to get, so I will aim for bigger shows, but it's not just because it's the place. It's not so much the the venue or the club, but a bigger show or headlining gig means more time so I can practice longer sets so that I can build yeah. towards that hour, you know? Yeah. Because I think a lot of like people that have never been around the stand-up scene don't realize that that's what. Yeah. Like we, we are always starting with our tight five and then going to a tight 10 and, then, and trying yeah. to build, but there's a few opportunities for to practice the long sets. Yeah. yeah. practice a longer set. Because How I have a loose hour and I have a solid 30 right now. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but if I do long sets, I don't have, it's not like when you do the five minutes, like let's say three, four, five mics a week, you can yeah. polish it, but I don't get to have enough consistent 30 minutes at the minimum to polish your 30 minutes. So when I do once in a while, a headlining gig, it's hard because sometimes like my, when you hit like 30 minutes, you're like, did I already tell that tagline? Like it's right. also, the, yeah. I'm worried that I already repeat my joke, you know, like I need more. But once I reach that hour that I really feel like that's exactly what I want to talk about. Mm. You know, I have more than an hour of jokes throughout eight years of comedy, but yeah, the eight, but the hour that I want it to be like the whole package with the theme of what I really want to present, right? You know, with the title and everything, and then promote it, then I'm gonna be like, yes, yeah, yeah, that's very cool. I think it, I, personally, I feel like comedy makes us more resilient because we, it's another coping mechanism that helps us get through things, right. Um, but also was that something that you carried with you and did the, pers did the perspective shift because of the pandemic? I think it's cemented. It's solidified more. Okay. Um, right. I think that like any form of art, there's a lot of, uh, with the whole capitalist aspect, but also competition. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have power trips, which is nice and all, but I... I, I stayed away even more like the pandemic kind of helped me shield from that too. You mm -hmm. know, like, good, good. like, like, like there's a lot of people who want the world domination through comedy, which is a nice goal to have. But to me, it doesn't seem, it doesn't sound happy. You know, mm -hmm. you're still, even when you reach that, I mean, I have a, a Buddhist upbringing too, to, to start with. So I'm not really, um, I'm corny. I was, I was already an artist. Like before I did stand up, I was a, I was a musician. I mean, I still am a musician, but also do visual arts. So I always like, being a nerd about the process and the art itself. So like I, I but, but I think the pandemic made me focus on the writing more and really mm -hmm. take the time to think, why am I saying this? You know? So like with any art, our art stand-up comedy is kind of our way of expressing and dealing with the issues that come up. Is, right. Would you say that's accurate? Yes. And I think taking the time to polish it, like, okay, here's a weird analogy. Imagine a marble statue of David, right? Mm-hmm with his penis and a lot yeah. of people will want we know where the dick is that's the punchline right. right we know where the dick is but people are afraid to sculpt the pubes and put the work in the marble because it takes a lot of work to chisel the more i want to chisel that david's penis even though you know it's there and meant to be there but once that penis is ready for the museum i'll be happy 
Oh God, I think the title of this is gonna be like David's penis. Chiseling David's penis. <laughs> Do you think it it has made you a better comedy has made you a better partner to your your significant other? Has it made you a better mother? Mm, improv made me a better mother because I was in a moment so I didn't anticipate what they were gonna say. Stand up makes me more of a, a bold person. I don't censor as much anymore which is great for certain settings, but for family stuff, I need to learn to be quiet back. Um, <laughs> because I feel now, that. I feel that yeah, so hard. I'm unhinged. Like I, we're so used to like saying everything and assuming, and I'm like, oh crap, you know, like there's some real common, like the, 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 the civilian, the civilians, the non-comic, they're, they don't say everything out loud, you know? And I'm like, why you heard? I was saying it what you see is what you get. They're like, yeah, but people don't say stuff. Like, they filter to be, you know, and I'm like, oh, crap. So so they it, might think I'm an asshole, but I'd rather be not a hypocrite, you know? Like, like right. <laughs> It for sure diminishes the um, filter. Like, yeah. I, I, I mean, I find myself walking through the world saying crazy stuff, and I'm like, why did I say that? Yeah, but at the same time, why not? And, I mean, know. why not? Yeah. I'm just, I think it's delving into our authenticity a little bit more. It reminded me a few days ago, there's this comic who was making tons of jokes about death and everything. And then when he, I mean, the, 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 the crowd was with him, but they were a little resistant, right? And then, and then when he got off the stage, he told me, he said, I need to work on being more likable. You know, I want people to like me. And I thought that's a lot of, that's a thought I'm, I'm oversharing here, but I just think that People focus a lot on likability. And I thought, look, if Beyonce was on the stage and everybody loved her, she still could bomb with jokes because it's not just about being likable. It's about writing. Just write your fucking jokes. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. Like I came after the pandemic, I was really dark and I thought it was hilarious because, but I was like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to harm myself, but I'm, I'm not actively. So right, I, right, right. But I, I just want to, I'm waiting for sweet, sweet death to come. And for me, being in such a dark, hard place, that was hilarious, but it wasn't to the audience, which put me in a funk. Right. And then I had to deal with the reason I was telling those jokes. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, there was also like, we needed to get our sea legs back, right? I mean, there's so many Zoom shows you can do, but it doesn't, it helped for the writing part. Yeah, you know, you can't hump your stool on Zoom and you can't, I'm yeah. kidding. You can't dramatically drink your water bottle and I'm kidding. I mean, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried, but it, it doesn't. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Okay. It can do that. <laughs> I love it. Well, Devine, what do you have coming up? Oh, I'm super excited. There's a new format on December 8th. There's this Somebody uh, said there was a casting call that said we need a female com- comedian uh, that has a murder story. And it's an eight minute bit. And so finally they lined up. It's not just a female showcase, but they need, you know, anyways, I responded. So we'll be like five comedians sharing a murder story and all jokes related to a murder. And then there'll be a book signing and an author of a murder mystery in a bookstore. And I, I know it's not like a typical format, but I was excited about it because three doors down from my house, my neighbor decapitated his wife in front of his <gasps> kids. And so I get to work on this seven minute bit. It's going to be funny too. I, I, I'm saying when you talk about dark humor. Yeah. So I'm excited about this show just because it's something different, you know, just to add. Yeah. Some, I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh. Yeah. 
<laughs> I want to hear that story. Well, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have the footage and I'll send it. Okay, to you. all right, all right. Oh, that, um, that, and where can people crazy. find you online? Well, uh, on most social media platform, um, I'm at Devine DC. So that's on Twitter, Clubhouse, Instagram, TikTok. Ugh, yuck, TikTok. Anyways, and and that, that's pretty much it. I mean, I have my website, DevineCounty.com, but I haven't really updated it. I have, to, I have to pay this dude to update it for me. And anyways, that's all. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Is it already over? Gosh. It's already That was so over. much fun. It was. Thank you so much. <laughs> You've been listening to the I Love Funny Women podcast. I'm Dina Nina. I'm Lalisa D. And you can find me on all the socials at Dina Nina XO. You can find me on most of the socials, but I'm most active on Instagram at Lalita D Comedy. And of course, follow us on at I Love Funny Women on all the socials, as well as Artemis Bow Network on Instagram. Have an amazing week, everyone. Happy end of November. Happy end of November. <laughs> I love it. What a bitch. Uh, What a bitch. (laughs) Recording ended.